1: Welcome back to the 3M Championship. Mackie and Judd hanging out here. Chris Singleton will join us as he does on Fridays at 11.30. We'll talk some baseball, we'll talk some twins. Uh, but Randy Moss going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I just saw a photo tweeted out here. I think this is from uh, Eric Perkins, Care 11. They're doing the the photo shoot with all the living Hall of Famers in their gold jackets and then the new class in their white polo shirts yes. before they get their jackets later uh-huh. on. Uh, Terrell Owens was, was part of... He wasn't at the Hall of Fame game last night. He was part of their video package, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, he ain't going to be in this picture. So no. But you, all right, go. You set this up. This okay, because this is uh, Randy Moss related.
0: So I, I was thinking last night to myself. Uh, I started following sports in this town in 1978, and I was thinking, who had among players who came in into this town as as drafted players or young players, who had the most immediate impact, and. I actually came up with a very small list. Like I, I mean, immediate. So Garnett, mm-hmm. Garnett was drafted and turned into a Hall of Fame player, mm-hmm. but his and he played, I believe, in eighty games his first year. Yeah, but he, he had he like really nine good nine plus points. Yeah. So it wasn't this immediate. Oh my God. Sure. So I came up with with a abbreviated rank a top three. Okay. The three guys that I have seen who impacted immediately, and you said. This guy's special. Is Lou Ford on your list? Lou Ford is not because you had to sort of carry on. So ironing your clothes <laughs> what? with your, while they're on you and, and burning yourself does not get you on my list. Okay. So th- this is a list of guys who had immediate impact and then, and then continued their career to the point of being Hall of Fame players, okay. which obviously is going to include Randy Moss. My number three, Dino Cicerelli who actually was signed by the North Stars as a young free agent and I believe had bro- broken his femur. And at that time, a lot of hockey people thought he's done playing. Yeah. Uh, so he fell through the ranks, was signed by, by the North Stars, and was brought up during their Stanley Cup run in the spring of 81. In those playoffs, he played in 19 games, had 14 goals and 21 points. Yeah, wow. Boom, immediate 14 impact. 14 goals in the playoffs. 14 goals, and if, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, 21 points at that time were a, a rookie record for the playoffs. That's, yeah, that's but, I mean, man. he was, if, if you go back to three things that carried that team to the Stanley Cup Finals, Cicerelli was a main one. So he's third. My second guy? Did he
1: ever, okay, yeah, how old 20. was he when he was with the Red Wings? Uh, let's see. I've got that right here.
0: He was, uh, so he was 20 in the spring of 81 when he came up. By the time he got to Detroit, which was after a stint in Washington, he was 32. Okay.
1: So he was with That's the— That's because I'm—as a, a guy born in the mid-'80s, yeah. I, I remember him from Detroit, unfortunately, more than I remember him sure. from the
0: North Stars. Sure, and, and he played for the Wings from the ages of 32 to 35. Yeah. But he had an immediate impact and, and had a great career. My number two guy, Kirby Puckett. Four hits, first game. Yeah. Changed the tone of, of that— Franchise, his
1: power didn't come along right away, correct? But he could hit. But right he away.
0: could hit. He could hit, and then I believe he introduced. I want to say it was a couple of years in, into his career that he brought the leg kick in mm-hmm. and the power began, and so. But Kirby had the one thing as well, where where he was sort of the final piece to those kids that they had brought up in eighty two, who were good players. Mm-hmm. Puckett got aboard in 84, and it changed things completely. In 85, they contended, fell apart, and, of course, then, two years after that, won a World Series. Mm -hmm. So Puckett's two, but Moss is one. I I think to my dying day, you will be hard-pressed to find an athlete. Because here's the thing. In my opinion, Puckett helped redefine the Twins franchise. So they went from being, okay, they're improving and they're good, to this guy's fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. Randy Moss and the thing that he's got going and the thing that I don't think that we will see in this town again redefined not just the franchise, the entire game. Yeah. Randy Moss has, I, I mean, to me alone, if you were to pre- present his case as a first ballot Hall of Fame player, 98 alone plays a huge role mm-hmm. because you went, from, you went from a league that was trending towards passing and, and was becoming more exciting and you drop this guy who appropriately was a complete freak, mm-hmm. and you and you took the league from being an improved passing game where rules were being changed to this is what the future is going to be.
1: Yeah, that's a good list. I'm trying to think of if there's ways to expand it. I'm sure you've put a ton of thought into this. Like, I'm just thinking about it right now. Wolves
0: I don't know because KG, KG w- would be that guy, but... His rookie year Actually, he didn't have the oh my gosh impact that he went on to have.
1: I mean, I I, I seem to remember Stefan Marbury having a really really good rookie season and like, his career start. Most guys career most it's a bell curve. Your career starts here and it goes up and then it comes comes back down. I almost feel like Stefan Marbury's career was the other way around, where you know he started off. Yeah, I mean he was right out of the gate. He was 16 points a game, eight assists, mm-hmm. and helped lead the Wolves as a 19 year old to their first playoff series okay. ever. Yeah. So I might even, I might even put Stefan Marbury on the list if you're looking at immediate impact and how the team performed as well. Even though KG is the more legendary, better overall player and was the best player on the team even in, in Marbury's rookie year, I might put Marbury on the list before KG just for like, what did you do immediate as a rookie? Impact. What did your team do as a rookie? I could see that. Could I also make a case for, even though he didn't play his rookie year, but the first time he had a chance to play, Dante Culpepper?
0: What were his stats? So he played, he, he was drafted in 99, didn't play in 99, and played 2000. What were his stats like then?
1: Uh, You'd have to look him up. But I, I, I just, just seem to remember him being this, he was such a unique quarterback who weighed 270 yeah. pounds he could dominate would, games with his body he would barrel his way into the end zone yeah let me see he that. wasn't the greatest passer right away but okay what so they went 11 and 5 in 2000 yeah that was the year where they got beat yeah three, in the nfc championship game
0: 3937 yards 33 touchdowns in 2000
1: yeah. and he probably had yeah. like 10 rushing touchdowns so dante culpepper absolutely on this list for me yeah i could see that aided by randy moss for rushing
0: sure. and receiving Dante Culpepper in uh, 2000 at the age of 23, his first year starting, 89 rushing attempts, 470 yards, 7 touchdowns. So, so he, yes. he
1: produced with his arm or his legs 4,500 yards in an era where guys were not doing that. And 40 touchdowns. Yeah. So,
0: yes. That's pretty insane. He would qualify for sure. All right. But I just thought, I mean, Moss, I, I, don't, I don't think that anyone that I watch in pro sports in this town will ever have the impact that Moss did, both on, on a team that won – 15 games, yeah. 16 if you include the playoff win against mm-hmm. the Cardinals, but also just you, you watched him play, and I'm not saying that you knew immediately, but you started to get the feeling that the way he played was changing the way the game was
1: played. You, you know what's sad? I'm not putting this guy on Randy Moss's level, but what's sad is in the moment, Miguel Sonneau would have been on this list. But but, yeah. but it's still a huge question mark because he came in and yeah. right away it was it was it was home runs, it was great at bats, it was walks, it was doubles, and uh, now we 're watching him trying to just recover from a six week stint at a ball so the
0: weird thing about when Sano came up was I remember thinking he strikes out a lot, but he strikes out with a purpose like he works counts deep. his approach was fantastic mm-hmm. and if you had asked if you had told me then. How it was going to play out until today, I would have said you're crazy because his his approach makes sense. Like the Buxton thing, I get. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sometimes
1: guys fall in love with watching a ball go 500 feet into the left field seats. There's nothing for most hitters. There's nothing more beautiful and more fun than pulling a ball 450 plus feet and and watching it sail and and just seeing that fastball on the inner half and your hips fly open. Like that's what he fell in love with, and they're, they're trying to get him to. This is, this is the way like, fans misinterpreted the David Ortiz thing. When the Twins were trying to get David Ortiz to hit the ball to all fields, mm-hmm. it was a compliment to him. It was, it was Tom Kelly and company saying, we know you're, you're going to hit home runs, you're going to pull home runs. And we know you're going to pull home runs. But if you want to be a guy who wins MVP awards and live up to your full potential, you've got to also do the opposite field thing with pitches that are on the outer half, unless you want to be Josh Willingham. Right. And, like, of course, it got spun as, well, oh, the Twins don't want David Ortiz to hit the ball over the fence to, like, the Twins don't want him to hit on runs. No. And just like with Sano, this is what happens when you get 100% pull happy. You wind up in the minor leagues, and because he was fat. But, <laughs> right. anyways, now we're, like, totally off track. Um, I like the list. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think anyone's going to have that kind of an impact like Randy Moss had. But, um, yeah, there's been, a, there's been a bunch of guys in Minnesota sports history that come on, and it's like, whoa, right away. We were like
0: lucky to see that guy burst out of the gate. And, and to sustain it, that, that success. The other thing about Moss, and, and at the time it seemed a bit odd, but when you, have, when you have a coach like Ticey essentially get the job because he's got a ratio, like, just <laughs> yeah. think about that. Yeah. Just think about that in football, mm-hmm. where you say, where you actually sell the team on the fact that you're going to have a ratio of how much this guy is going to get the ball, in part because he's that damn good, mm-hmm. but in part also because you're fearful that if he doesn't, he's going to become disinterested in the game. Yeah.
1: It's also hilarious. Kala wrote that big Randy Moss feature and talked to a former Broncos defensive back who was part of that. He was on defense when Moss lateraled to Mo Williams in the early 2000s. And he basically said defensively, we had enough film to know that when Moss wasn't going to get the ball, he just kind of meandered off the line of scrimmage, like, I play when I want to play. And i got to think that that's that's the one thing about his career that you look at and say, man, if you were all out on every play like a Larry Fitzgerald, or, or all in mentally with every team you ever played for... Yep. Instead of being regarded as maybe the second best receiver of all time, would you be the clear cut number one best wide receiver ever? Would your numbers have, could been, have been even been. better? He could have. Oh, if yeah. If you just had he a little bit more. If you took the more mature Randy Moss now and put his brain in 22 year old and 27 year old Randy Moss, yes. what would his numbers have been? Which is a crazy question because his numbers are already out of this world.
0: I'm fairly convinced that in his first 10 year here, that in any, anything he failed at was due to his mentality. He was good enough. I mean, he was beyond gifted mm-hmm. and smart enough. Like, there was never uh, there was never. Uh, well, he just ran the wrong route, and he doesn't understand. He always got it. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart player. I think anything that he didn't do, especially when he was here from 98 to uh, 2004, was on him as far as checking out. And I, the one reason why I feared that he was not going to go in first ballot was that, and, and the fact that he was a jerk to the press. yeah. Where, where he is a very smart guy, though, is he, is he has softened himself up a lot, which helped. But I did think if there was one thing in that room at the Super Bowl when they voted last year that was going to be held against him, it was going to be the he could have been great, and he was for the most part, but he didn't always want to be.
1: Yeah. Well, he was great. Could have, could have been the greatest the of greatest, all time, right. maybe. Is, uh, well, another thing, too, which... I don't know how much you can hold this. If it's just him versus Jerry Rice, then you would hold this against him. If it's, if it's Randy versus the rest of football players, Randy was kind of cooked when he was 34 years old. Yeah. While well, most football players are, it's a pretty rare breed that's not cooked when you're in your mid-30s. But again, Ra- Randy Moss put up his last big season at age 32. Mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, at age 40, was putting up 92 catches, 1,200 yards, 7 touchdowns age 41, 63 catches, almost 900 yards. So the fact that Jerry Rice was such a physical machine and a route runner and he was able to go into his 40s, like you never hear no. about skill position players going into their 40s.
0: That was absolutely You, you crazy. hear about
1: kickers and quarterbacks going into their 40s. Well, and Terrence Newman.
0: And Rice just kept playing too. Yeah. Like he bounced around and he was I, I don't know if he was fine with that, but yeah, has yeah. Jerry Rice is is a special type of freak. Moss in his prime though, I've always been curious how great if if he had decided not to play football, how great a basketball player would Moss have been? Yeah. A pro- probably one of the He'd be one of he well, it depends be... on
1: if he could shoot or not. Obviously he could but get, let's, he could get let's to the assume, rim. Let's he'd assume be a shooting guard because he's six foot four. And so let's he'd...
0: assume he, he could have.
1: Yeah, if he could shoot, he'd be he would have been one of the most athletic players in the NBA, yes. right? Yeah, that would have been fun. Or to watch to play that game, like to watch LeBron James. If LeBron James would have chosen football or something, to watch him as a, as a tight end. He, you know, it would just be, he would annihilate people. Yeah. Uh, so Randy Moss going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Mackie and Judd hanging out here at the TPC, Champion, TPC, TPC Twin Cities at the 3M Championship. And Chris Singleton will join us in about 15 minutes. We'll talk Twins post-deadline in Major League Baseball. Um, actually, something else we could get to next, if not next, then sometime before the end of the show. We should be excited about something here, but we but we never are, no, and it's, it's it's just kind of deflating. So Mackie and Judd, back in just a couple minutes. Welcome back to the 3M Championship. Mackie and Judd, we're hanging out here until 1 o'clock. Royce will be out here live for a few hours this afternoon as well, and then... 1500 ESPN's Tea time show tomorrow from 10 to noon and then again Sunday morning as well. So all right, before we get to Chris Singleton in a few minutes just back to the Randy Moss front. If you if uh, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. I'm not even debating that. Like Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. If I had if I could take one receiver for one game or the most explosive peak of a receiver, it would be Randy Moss. Uh-huh. Longevity matters. Uh, and, and Jerry Rice put on a, an extra decade beyond what Randy Moss did in productivity. Yep, I'm fine with so that. So that matters. Yep. But if you're looking for, like, the most explosive peak of a wide receiver's career, it has to be Randy Moss and, the, and the, either the one season with the Patriots or pick a season with the Vikings. 23 touchdown receptions in one year for the Patriots. I mean, that's absurd. But here's another feather in Randy Moss's cap. And and Jerry, you know, Jerry Rice, in some ways, was fortunate. He was also strategic, I'm sure, in making sure that he never had backup quarterbacks on a regular basis. But Jerry Rice had three primary quarterbacks that he played with. And two of them are in the top ten all time. Joe Montana and Steve Young. And then at the end of his career, when he was in his late 30s, he had blossoming MVP Rich Gannon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Rich Gannon was a four-time MVP, or four-time uh, pro bowler, and then a one-time MVP Later in his career, once he left the Vikings, and those are basically the three quarterbacks that Jerry Rice played with. So the worst of his quarterbacks was a four-time Pro Bowler and an MVP. Yep. And now, to give credit to Rice, I'm sure he deserves a lot of it for elevating those guys as well. Like Would Joe Montana have been a Hall of Famer and have won that many Super Bowls, if not for Jerry Rice? Probably not. And so, keep in mind not too, to
0: discredit him. His uh, a good chunk of the best years of his career came t- during a time where guys were locked to a franchise. Yeah. So Montana wasn't going to leave unless he was traded. Yep. Young signed there and was so so he he had the element and those teams did as well of stability yep. that Moss's career didn't necessarily have.
1: Yep. Randy Moss absolutely hit the jackpot with Tom Brady for three years, but he had th- three years of Tom Brady and that was it. Otherwise, it was Dante Culpepper, who is a very good quarterback, but probably more elevated by Moss than the other way around. Is that fair to say that Moss elevated Culpepper more sure. than Culpepper elevated Moss? Yep. And the rest of the list, except for the two, whatever, four games he played with Brett Favre in 2010, broken down, checked out Brett Favre.
0: It's Randy Both Moss. Both more at the time, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's Randy Moss elevating. Average to below average to backup quarterbacks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Randall Cunningham had a wonderful season in 1998. But Randall Cunningham was at the end of his career. He was out of football a year or two before that. And if Randy Moss and Chris Carter weren't on that team, do you think that guy puts up like 30 touchdown passes and plays at an MVP level? And Jake Reed, Probably too, not, right? Yeah, and Jake Reed. So
0: he had three yeah. primary targets. Matt
1: Castle was a backup. Jeff George was nearing the end, right, and bouncing around journeyman. Kerry Collins was average to, to maybe backup. Gus Farratt was a backup. Todd Bauman's a I mean, it's like Alex Smith early in his career, Brad Johnson. Yep. What if Randy Moss had played, let's say, 12 to 15 years with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks the whole time, not just three years of Tom Brady, and then the worst quarterback he played with was also a multi-time Pro Bowler and an MVP?
0: Oh, yeah, it would have been. What
1: would it have looked like?
0: Although it's pretty he, amazing. But, but the testament to his athletic freakishness and greatness is that, that when he got here, and I believe he caught his first touchdown pass in 98 in game one against Tampa Bay, I believe that was Brad Johnson who then got hurt, and then Cunningham c- came in, and then Johnson came back for a little while and got hurt again. The point being is he was so damn good. It didn't make a difference, too. Now, if you, had taken, if you had taken a Viking quarterback, if you had gifted the Vikings with a Pro Bowl quarterback uh, for, for the majority of Moss's career, one guy here, mm-hmm. it might have changed things a bit. But he was just so good, he elevated everybody for mm-hmm. a while. He, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't really start to check out a little bit, and I think it's just because the team was bad. In Oakland... Those two years were sort of a waste, Mm -hmm. but his entire first go-around as a Viking from 98 to 2004, you look at the multitude of quarterbacks, but the incredible thing was, in watching those games, they could basically throw the ball up, and the defenders couldn't do a darn thing about the fact he was going to catch them.
1: Yeah, and do you remember the, the the two years in Oakland that are classified as the lost years for Randy Moss? He's in the middle of his prime, he's in his late 20s, and he's having these lost years in Oakland. And, and he's got these crappy quarterbacks. Just this, it, like, Kerry Collins was the best quarterback he had in Oakland. Well, one of those lost years, he still went over 1,000 yards oh, yeah. and had eight touchdowns. And yes. You know, the, yeah. uh, the second year was he had a couple – he missed like a month with injuries or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know. It's fun to play that what-if game. If you were to go back and give – you and you could play this game too. If you were to give Aaron Rodgers the same coaching staff that Tom Brady had or if you were to give – if you were to give uh, you know, Peyton Manning defenses that Tom Brady had mm-hmm. in the late 90s and early 2000s, what, what would his resume have looked like?
0: But sometimes you just draw the short end of the stick, and that's what Moss had for at least half of his career with quarterbacks. It, it's just, to me, a fun conversation to have in this town about having a player who changed a sport because mm-hmm. you just don't see that much. I mean, we're, you're, you're lucky to see that as a sports fan from anybody, right? Where you, you get a guy like LeBron James or uh, Jordan or a Gretzky and Moss, Moss is the only guy I think in my lifetime in this town who you don 't just say changed the the franchise itself, which he did, mm-hmm. but he changed the sport. he took the sport and basically said this is, is what it can be, and, and you think in the past twenty years the evolution of the rules to passing the style of game mm-hmm. and go, I mean go back and YouTube. Uh, try and find a Vikings game from 1997, and go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hold on a second, this is this isn't this isn't the sport I know, and that that's not purely, but it's largely what Moss brought.
1: I used to get so mad watching Vikings games, his first go round from 1998 through 2004, and I'm, you know, I'm a college kid at the time, and so I'm just like, I'm supercharged fan, and I was so mad when they wouldn't throw to him, especially in 98 or 1999 when yes. you're up against the ropes or it's, it's, the, it's the game that's slipping away in the NFC Championship game. And I'm thinking, why are you handing off to Robert Smith? Why are you throwing the ball underneath to this guy? Just literally throw the ball 30 times down the field to Randy Moss and see what happens, which I'm, I'm not sure if that would have been optimal offensive but strategy. No, but it's what Tice did, though. Well, Tice did it later, but the
0: Randy Ratio, <laughs> the Randy Ratio, was born of what you just said. Yeah, like he was good. He was good enough to take what you just said, which would ordinarily be the uh, irrational rantings of a fan, and just do it, and present it to yeah. Red McCombs and say, "This is what we should do."
1: Yeah, they had so uh, Mike. 2003 was actually 2002 was Mike Tice's first year, right? 2000. Yeah, because Green uh, left in after 2000, 2001. In 2001. Season. Yep, because Corey died. That so area, the yep. the Randy Ratio seasons. There was an uptick. They've got his target numbers here I'm on Pro Football Reference. Yeah, at him right now. So yeah, he went from like, oh, his rookie year, 120 targets, and he had 60 more targets when Mike Tice took over in 2002. Yep,
0: 106 <laughs> catches, and, and then in 2003, 111 uh, catches. And 172 funny. targets
1: that's in 2003. Keep in mind, target numbers when analyzing Stefan Diggs, too. I, I, I've heard more people talk about how he's never had 1,000 yards. Yeah, the dude... If the dude was targeted 150 times like other top receivers, he'd have 1,000 yards. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of, but he's efficient. So anyways, all right, let's uh, let's switch gears here. When we come back, Chris Singleton is going to join us here for our weekly uh, Friday baseball conversation. We'll talk twins with him, Mackie and Judd, from the 3M Championship at TPC Twin Cities. (laughs) Mackie and Judd, back here at the 3M Championship. TPC Twin Cities. Glad that rain went away because now uh, players around the course. This is. The, it, 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 I think most people are probably aware of this, but just to clarify, this is the last year of the 3M Championship, and the next year it's going to be the 3M Open with the PGA Tour and 3M uh, starting a seven-year partnership that goes through 2025. And we had Hollis Kavner on. If you're a golf fan in the Twin Cities. Would you agree, Judd, that that 15 minute interview with Hollis Kavner is very much worth a listen if you go back yes. and download the first hour of Mackie and Judd? Yes. I mean, he, so Hollis is the guy who, he's sort of the straw that stirs the Minnesota Golf event uh, drink. Mm-hmm. And, and also, he works with other tournaments around the country as well. But the Ryder Cup coming here, Hollis Kavner, greatly involved. The uh, PGA Tour coming here for seven years now, Hollis, greatly involved. He's very connected. He was at the U.S. Open last month or whatever, I guess in June, talking with different top players, trying to lure them here to this event next year. And a lot of smart people, including Hollis, think this might be a destination for some of the top, maybe not all the top players. He but said Tiger
0: a, Woods might come here. That's all. If you dude, get, that'd be awesome. Listen, as a as casual golf guy, if you, if you come back and issue a press release saying, oh, it'll be so much fun. Yeah, you know, we got, we got a couple guys, that's it. And one of them's Tiger bleeping Woods. Yes. I don't think people are going to be like, oh, how could you not get Phil, too?
1: Yeah, well, Phil, and Phil played at the uh, Greenbrier tournament, which is the same week. It's, it's, they're switching the schedule out, but he did play in that tournament this year, which is two weeks before the British Open. Point being,
0: if, if you get the Babe Ruth of golf out oh here, essentially, so you're going to have no problems drawing fans. I don't care if you play it at midnight on July Fourth. Yeah, I
1: mean that really is it. I'm, I'm sure you could go if you if you did revenue rankings for each PGA Tour stop. All the way through the calendar, right? It's probably hinging on whether Tiger Woods is there or not.
0: Absolutely, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of tournaments do well regardless, but for a regular PGA Tour stop, if you take that guy and put him on the course, guess what? Yeah, people are either going to change their plans or find ways to get out here. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, go back and listen. It was at 9:30, so go find it in the middle of the first hour of. Our podcast, On Demand, Mackey and Judd Showpage, 1500ESPN.com or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us.
0: Can I get to something that leaves me sad as a sports fan? Yes. I might be jaded and crusty, but I still love sports, okay? Like, players can drive me crazy, coaches can, but I still love sports. And I told you at the outset of today's program that I was incredibly excited for, and I specifically said the football season, and I talked about the National Football League. You know... This makes me sad every year. I am not excited because I don't feel like I can be because I'm not allowed to. And yeah. this is not just a recent Judd problem. This is Judd's entire life as a sports fan for college football. Mm. I look at my friend, one of my dearest friends, Chip Scoggins, and I look at the enthusiasm and passion he has for his balls, right? That's true. And I look at the enthusiasm and passion he has for the start of college football season, and I text with Chip on Saturdays, and that guy finds, t- finds a TV to sit in front of all day and soaks it in. And I am so jealous because I, I don't feel in this town with our college yeah. program here like I've ever had the opportunity to say, oh, my God, it's college football season.
1: It's true. It is true. So could you, t- could you tell me, I, I know that we're into August here and, and thus the for football season's on the horizon. Could you tell me exactly like what the date is or even with 100% certainty what time or like when their opener is? I know it's, it's New Mexico.
0: yeah. And it bo- is at home. And it's a Thursday night, right, I think? I with certainty, no. I'm not 100% No, sure. I think is it, it is. Thir-
1: I don't- <laughs> it's a Thursday, okay.
0: James Murphy in studio yesterday gave us two names that I cannot repeat back to you. The two, <laughs> the two guys trying to start can, a quarterback. You can
1: name one of them, right? The I can't long, remember. The longer name? I can't remember
0: either name They've right now. They've
1: got two guys fighting for that starting quarterback spot. I can't
0: remember. Full disclosure, starts I can't last, remember. Last
1: name is, is three syllables, starts with an A, and there's an X in there. I can't remember. I can't remember. This Zach, is what I, Zach Anik's dad. This is what I'm makes not even so ripping so, you, dude. This is, I, is what makes me so sad. No, it's fine. Like, you, well, and bravo to you. You are a sports snob, and so you are not stooping to the level of bad gopher football right now. But I, I'm rowing yeah. the boat long term. I know this year's going to be a grind to get to six wins. The other quarterback is
2: Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Okay. Yeah. And Murph did One's say a
1: redshirt bad. freshman, and the other one is a true freshman, right, James? Is yeah, that true? Yeah,
2: you, you are correct. Okay. I think the true freshman, and Morgan's the redshirt.
1: shirt. Yeah. And Rodney Smith is still on the team, senior running back with a
0: chance to go play in the NFL at some point. I just want to be excited for college I, I want to be genuinely excited for yeah. college football one, year. but it's
1: true and it, it makes it even more annoying when you look across the border and it's only four hours away to Madison. yep the climate's the same. the people are largely related like all of us have relatives who live in Wisconsin somewhere and vice versa right if you're it's all it's the it's the same groupings of people in the same region of the united states and one fan base is jacked for college football season every year yep. to fill camp randall with tens of thousands of screaming fans yep And here it's just in it's constant waiting mode constant be patient mode i think they got it right with this coach but i, I echo your sentiment i'd love to be fired up for college football I'm still going to wake up. I'm still going to watch game day. I'm still going to watch Gophers games. Sure. And and I'm going to watch the big games. Like if if we get big SEC games and late night Pac-12 games, I'm in on those. Yep. But it makes it more meaningful, especially so when you're watching the Vikings. It makes it more meaningful when the Packers are on Sunday Night Football and you're like, oh, you're hoping for them to lose. Imagine if we had that same feeling and we never do, where you're, you're watching a Wisconsin game and you're like, oh, yeah, if they go down then the Gophers can do this. It's like, the Gophers Iowa. haven't beat Wisconsin since I was in college. I know, I know. Since I was almost in high school. It was 2003. They haven't beat Wisconsin in almost two decades.
0: That's ridiculous. I was, I was young in 2003, <laughs> or at least relatively young compared to now. No, this is what and, – and look, I'm with you. I'll watch the games. I'll pay attention. But this is about – the problem is, is this – like if I choose to start watching soccer, right? It's really still not my sport. And so I can choose to start watching it, but then if I yeah. but then if I don't, that's fine. This is football. This is a sport I love. This is a sport that that when it comes to the professional product, I'm super jacked for. So it has all it has all of the fixings around it for me to be like, "Okay, college football yeah. is starting." And I'll watch it. But there's something so fun about the walk-up to a sport that, that you're truly excited about. Yeah. So it just doesn't, when, when it gets here, I'll flip it on and watch and have fun watching it. But I, I want that feeling a month out of, hey, it's coming. You and I you never need? get that.
1: Okay, here's what you need. This is coming from personal experience, and I'm going to borrow an idea from our friend Chris Long, who, who just flat out chose to, to become a fan 10 years ago of Tottenham okay. and the EPL. You should just choose a new college football team. So I've been I've been ingrained because my grandpa played at Notre Dame and so I grew up on Notre Dame football and, and Notre Dame has been my secondary team and at times just my number one team because the Gophers are never relevant. Yep. So I root for Notre Dame and the Gophers just the same, basically. Now Notre Dame just lost two NFL caliber offensive linemen to the first round. I, so I'm, Notre Dame's going to That offensive line was a road-grading five, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to replace this. So I'm bracing for Notre Dame to be a little bit of a buzzkill, too, this year. But at least I get two teams. Like, okay, the Gophers are screwed, so I can divert my attention to Notre Dame. It's it's pretty rare that both are just absolutely garbage and not at least, like, vying for nine wins or something. At
0: least one is, but one's not. Yeah.
1: Um, And so so I think we need you to go through a list of teams. Maybe you can even pick a team that's... How do uh, I go about choosing one? I don't know. Like, what... What's, uh, what are some of your favorite places to visit? What are your, some, some of, what are your five favorite vacation regions or locations in the country? Uh, I like New York. Or, wait a second, how about relatives? Did you have any relatives who played sports anywhere? <laughs> no. Okay, that's a dumb no, question. No, that was a really bad question. <laughs> Do you have any you've athletic, seen my athletic genes? Ab-
0: yeah. You've seen my <laughs> <laughs> athletic ability. If I, had, if I had relatives who played sports, I'd have more <laughs> athletic genes.
1: Okay, well, well, where are the places you've lived? Minnesota?
0: Uh, Los Angeles. Lo- I was born in Los Angeles. Okay, so UCLA is in play. And then, yep. Let's and then, make a list for you. Okay, because we went from. Los Angeles to Baltimore, so not really there unless I, I want to adopt .Maryland, which is now a, a oh. fraudulent Big Ten school. Oh,
1: Chris, Chris Texan, Tottenham chose me, he says.
0: Okay, well, Is, oh, that, not, is that not pretentious? <laughs> I understand our friend paid, uh, paid a, a good fee t- to get into uh, U.S. Bank Stadium a couple yeah. d- days ago to watch a Tottenham team, which was basically their JV bunch team. bunch of backups. Yeah. yeah, but besides that, good, uh, good job.
1: I always thought it would be hilarious if the NFL sent the backups of the Patriots and the backups of the Steelers to go play three weeks of games in.
0: don't think they haven't thought of it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so, so, right. okay. Los, you've lived so in Los Angeles, UCLA, USC. You've well, you lived in Wisconsin because well, you I come to Packers. We're gonna count it.
0: Yeah, but can I adopt the Badgers? That I mean, that I'm, seems like a direct. We're, we're
1: just making a list. Okay. So Badgers. All right. And we're making a D one list, or do you want to go like stout? You want to go? No, like, no, no. It's gotta be D one. No, no. I,
0: I I want something. I want something I can truly be passionate about. Okay. Not a bit. So it would be um, UCLA
1: Badgers, yep. USC, USC. I mean, how far? Do you want to go, like, San Diego State, Southern California?
0: No, let's stick with the two that, that you gave me from California or from uh, the Los Angeles area. Okay. Uh, lived in Baltimore, so I said Maryland. But they're sort of a phony Big Ten school, and I hate their jerseys. Mm-hmm. So I would never adopt Maryland. What about uh, UMBC? Well, that's basketball, but. It's a lot of hyphens. Yeah, and I think that's not even a Division One college football program. No, I don't even think they have
2: football. Yeah, so
0: right no, there's there. There's zero chance. Right that there, Murph, that's out. Thanks, Murph. <laughs>
1: Um, How far out beyond Maryland do you want to extend? you want to extend to the Washington, D.C. area? I'm trying to think of other teams. I'm the...
0: liking the Los Angeles idea because that, that would be late games.
1: Okay, so let, let's go. What are your three favorite vacation regions?
0: Uh, Boston? Bo- yeah, East Coast, so New York, Boston. Well, so let's go. Boston okay, College. So, so Rutgers? Rutgers. No, no, it, it, it won't be them
1: we'll we're just make it a little space this is it just won't a, be this Rutgers. is just a list of names okay
0: okay boston, Rutgers, college. boston college boston college is is you could do i could do um florida
1: so, okay, so right well, there a, that opens be a lot up. of options Yep. Yeah, florida well,
0: so you florida like State. you like south florida yeah. right mostly yeah yeah, yeah like, like southern half a, of florida yeah i'm i'm not a jacksonville area so guy. so
1: that would be fsu Wow. Yep. you could go you could be a miami fan ooh i like that fsu miami uh, C- central florida Right?
0: isn't Central Orlando. Florida? Yes, they're uh, right by Tampa. We're going to count that one. No, that, that definitely would count because they're right by, uh, that's right near Tampa. Uh, give me
1: one more vacation
0: spot that you enjoy. Uh, Seattle. So the Huskies. I could do Washington. Or
1: Washington State. State. Oh, I could do Mike Leach. Or Washington State. He might not be around there long. Oh, who cares? So here's, here's, your, here's your list. As oh, as uh, by the way, Jonathan Harrison uh, is helping us here. Baltimore is also Navy because we're going to add Navy oh, as okay. an independent team. All right. So this is how we're going to help you. Just like me, I'm with you. It's it's a buzzkill going into the college football season every year because the Gophers are never relevant. Yep. You want to be excited about college football. Yep. You love NFL football, yep. but the one team you root for, you, you know that it's six wins, best-case scenario. It's pretty hopeless. A second, I've got Notre Dame as my secondary team. All right. So you've got, based on places you've lived and your three favorite places to frequent or vacation, Uh huh. Navy, UCLA, USC, the Badgers... Maryland, Rutgers, Boston College, Florida State, Miami, Central Florida, Washington, and Washington State. Okay. Can you find a team or two on that list that you would... Oh. I mean, if you really wanted really, to go for it, you should pick. If you
0: really wanted to be a front runner, you'd pick USC. I really admire the Badgers, but I feel like I can't do that. Okay, we'll it, cross it, them it's, too, off. it's too close, and it, it would be trolling. You already
1: crossed Rutgers off. So cross Rutgers
0: uh, and Maryland. Okay. Cross them off. Hate the uniforms. Okay, what, always if, what if you became
1: a diehard fan of Navy, and all they do is run the ball with that wishbone
0: formation? And I'd watch one game. And they're not bad. Army-Navy. That, that'd be the only game no, that but, I know about but, from their schedule. No, they play Notre Dame every year. How many of their games are accessible via the television? The Notre Dame game, obviously, oh, is streaming. Na- I'm not streaming. We, this has to be. <laughs> I'm not. Un- unlike the porta potties <laughs> here, I'm not interested in streaming anything. Okay, let me find their schedule. I feel like I feel like this needs to be a team that I can, I can easily watch on but, like FS1 or ESPN. But isn't ESPN. there something
1: else to be said for being a fan of a team that's a little bit off the beaten path too? Like most people are going to say, "I'm a USC Trojan. Yes. I'm a Badger." And you're like, "I love the Midshipmen."
0: <laughs> I feel like that's too big <laughs> I'm of a, a midshipman. step. I feel like I'm abusing myself then. I All don't right. think that that's You can find
1: at least half the Navy schedule on CBS or CBS Sports Network. Okay. You get both those. Okay. You can watch At Hawaii CBS. on CBS Sports Network, on the CBS. Memphis game. Yep. Uh, Air Force, Temple, Houston, Notre Dame is on CBS. You got to- the Tulsa game. They play Central Florida. Yep. That's Conference USA, man, right? I feel like we should no, pick. No, it's uh, or America. It's the AAC.
0: I feel, I feel like we, we should pick four teams and, and, and have a Twitter vote of some sort. Okay. So fans can I'm, which team oh, we gotta put Navy on the list. Well, that's fine. Okay. How about Navy? How about USC? Wow. Boston College, and let's pick one more. You've
1: Gonna pick a Florida team, right? So we got so UCLA's out because you picked USC. Yeah, probably, uh, Boston College. Miami. Got, wow. Wow. Okay. So yes. a Twitter
0: poll. Navy. If you were a USC. Miami fan
1: and I'm a Notre Dame fan, then we could have Catholics versus convicts. Oh fans. yeah,
0: we could have five fist <laughs> fights in the studio, throwing microphones, Okay, and, wh- and why are
1: why are why are fans able to do this with the, with uh, like the English Premier League, and it's acceptable. But if you pick a, if you pick a team from a, an American League, you're a, bandwagon, you're a bandwagon fan. But if you're a Tottenham fan because or a Liverpool you fan, you're not. Because
0: you're, you're supposed to, in, in this country, you're, you're supposed to, if you have the sport, I think you're supposed to stick with the yeah. teams in your region.
1: Also, too, I think if you were to jump on board with a team that's a little bit down, like Boston College, it wouldn't be perceived as bandwagon jumping. No, that'd be like, Why would you choose a team that sucks and it's about to fire their coach
0: That'd be year? That would be a sincere pick. All right, so, we're gonna so let's put take this those for four. A vote. Let's take those four.
1: This is how we do it right here. We uh, we just pick new teams. How about the
0: Gophers just get good some year, <laughs> like in fifteen years when I'm sixty three? How about they just get good and they're good for the rest of my lifetime? Yeah. It's, and then I can go out with college football for. being exciting. It
1: shouldn't be too much to ask for. Mackie and Jud, oh, go ahead. Go I was going to say
2: you guys are going to love this. I'm actually from Wisconsin. And I voluntarily chose the Gophers, as well as every other Minnesota team. Dude, I'm, wow. I'm from Why? Wisconsin. Where, where in Wisconsin? I'm, I'm from Hudson, so not that far in. But like, m- both my parents are are Packer fans, Badger fans, and I I went the other way. Why what is that? What is I don't know. I, I I guess I I want to go Do against you not the like grain. Them? But I mean, I was close enough, and I, I guess Randy Moss is probably a big part of the
0: Vikings part of it. Do you not like your parents, and that's why you went against their wishes? I, no, I
2: love my parents, but I just okay. I don't know. I just I just uh, I I I wanted to go the other way, and it's been a it was a it was a bad decision.
1: You know what, James? I can't make fun of you too much. I've got the ultimate terrible fan bandwagon anecdote for you here. So when I was, all of my mom's side of the family is from Wisconsin, yeah. so they're all diehard Packer fans. Sure. And so when I was 12 or 13 years old in, like, 96, 97, and the Packers were winning Super Bowls, and the Vikings kept getting beat in the first round of the playoffs, I was so mad that the Vikings kept getting beat by the Niners and the Cowboys. And I had all of this side of the family pulling at me. Just be a Packer fan. Just be a Packer fan. They're so good. It's so much fun, right? I asked for and received a Brett Favre jersey for for Christmas between, like, ages 12 and 13. Yeah. And so there's, there's photos of me in like a Packers Super Bowl hat and a Brett Favre jersey 1997 I think it was like after they had gone to their second Super Bowl and I was all sad cuz they lost they lost instead of winning back to back Yeah the instant the Vikings drafted Randy Moss I was back See <laughs> <Hall>
2: of, that's <laughs> why he's they, yeah, a
1: Hall of Famer instant. So you're so you are you are right <laughs> I now I didn't wear that jersey ever So again. you are
0: fully admitting that if the Vikings hadn't drafted Moss you'd be sitting here today likely a Packer fan
1: Yes. You see, that's why he's a Hall of Fame player. Yes, that's a great point. I hadn't thought of it that way,
0: but that's, that's a good character. You would be wearing your Favre jersey and a Packer <laughs> hat today, and see, that is why yeah. Randy Moss changed everything yeah. in this league and in this town.
1: Oh, by the way, sorry for the false advertisement. Chris Singleton, we had a communication mix-up. We believe he's traveling right now, and so we may not be able to get a hold of him until we we well we'll catch up next we'll week if we don't. Yeah, yep. He's been a great guest every week on the show. Mackie and Judd from the 3M Championship. Okay, the the voting just changed. I changed
0: it. I voted.
1: Well, I need to vote. Did I vote? Maybe yeah, I can't I'm about vote. to go vote. No, I can't vote. I have I, to I vote to poll. see
0: how, how it's doing.
1: Oh, I know. I threw it on my account instead of the fifteen hundred account, so okay. I can't vote on it. All right. So uh, uh, at Phil Mackey, the poll is, and you know what? I think a lot of Gopher football fans have this same dilemma. And we're not we're not saying ditch the Gophers. No. You can hang on to your Gopher stock, but if you want to be excited about college football. And the Gophers are never relevant, and I misspelled I misspelled Gophers in this too. Uh, <laughs> gophers. G-O-H-P-E-R-S. You P E R S. I can't change that, can you? I don't think you can. Can you?
0: I this? can't stand the Goppers. No, you can't. Goppers are never good, uh, right, Murph?
2: No, yeah. Um, well, they try. That, that's what that's what matters. Throw <laughs> the ball, Murph. Throw the, the ball.
1: Um. So, so you know, you want to be excited about the Gophers, yes? But they're never relevant, right? And so you need a Plan B team, a secondary team. Like I have. Notre Dame. Yep.
0: Notre Dame is my... Which you've had for your entire my life. life.
1: yep. yep. I remember rooting for, uh, like, Lou Holt's Notre Dame teams in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Yep. And so uh, we put together a list of options based on places you've either lived or have vacationed frequently. Mm-hmm. Places that you've, that you've stepped foot in enough to, to, to have a fondness for. And the four finalists are Navy for the Baltimore Connection. Yep. USC because you were born in Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, Boston College, which is one of your favorite vacation spots. So Boston. Voting, the voting has changed very <laughs> quickly. And <laughs> the way. And, uh, and the U, Miami. Yep. Just because you've you've regularly resided or vacationed in South Florida, whether it was like Fort Myers yeah. or uh, Dunedin, right? Yes. And so right now, Miami with the narrow lead at 34%, but Navy creeping up at 31%. Well, now it's 37-31. for Miami. And, uh, and Boston College, 20%, and USC, 16%. I want so badly for you to become a midshipman fan. You can watch that old-school running offense. You can be live-tweeting Tulsa versus Navy.
0: I feel, Come on. <laughs> Glue to CBS Sports Network each Saturday. <laughs> I feel like the payoff here has to be the team that wins is I provide at least a brief update each Monday of, yeah. how, of how my new squad is doing. I agree. So, like, so if it's indeed it is the midshipman, I come in with a with just a brief midshipman update each Monday <laughs> to tell you how my club is faring. I want will oh, go ahead. A deep go ahead. dive
2: into the uh, the effectiveness of the triple option, if you can do that.
0: Yes. Well, that and who who is their quarterback?
2: It doesn't matter. Who's
0: their coach? They, See, they never I have throw so the ball. many. I have so many questions. Although, uh oh, Miami just took the lead, thirty six percent back and forth. 31% for Navy, 16% for uh, the Trojans, 17% for uh, Boston College. Uh,
1: someone just tweets in here. Let me find this. This is hilarious. The Miami one? Uh, yeah, Summer says, it's got to be Miami. We no. need Judd to wear a turnover chain.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> <The> turnover chain? <laughs> Do you not think I would look good with a turnover sh- chain dangling around my neck? Here, I'm gonna, I'm I sh- think it be a
1: good look. I'm going to show Engineer Paul the Miami uh, turnover chain. So anytime they get an interception, Miami's defense... They pass around the large gold turnover chain here, so you go to the sidelines and you get to wear the Miami turnover chain. I think I think a Jud Zolger turnover, turnover chain turnover chain
0: on Fridays in studio would be very appropriate.
1: If I remember right, I don't think they throw the ball. Uh, Navy, this is. I don't think they pass more than about five or ten times per game. I'm pulling up their 2017 numbers here, so they use three quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Okay. They only attempted 102 passes on the season. They were 42 for 102 in the air, so they were 41, 42% completions. All right. uh, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But they had two dudes run for over 1,000 yards, two more over 400 yards.
0: <laughs> See, I'm
1: Come familiarizing so myself with them right now. They ran the ball eight times for every one pass that uh, they threw. I got one big problem right now.
0: I cannot pronounce the last name of their head coach. Ken, it's Ken, N-I-U-M-A-T-A-L-O-L-O. Yeah, he's been there for a long time. Nematolo? Yeah, he's... Nematolo? Tenth season. 84 and 51. Just call him Coach Ken. He's Coach Coach Ken. Coach Coach, Ken. uh, I'll call him Coach K. That'll be original. How about that?
1: (laughs) Uh, Murph, while we monitor these polling results for Judd's backup team to the Gophers, what kind of questions do you have for us when we come back?
2: Uh, I have I have one coming up about the uh, rookie quarterback class. so You can ponder that.
1: All right, we'll uh, we'll have some questions with Murph filling in for Dave Harrigan when we come back. Matthew Collar, a check in at Vikings training camp. Mackie and Judd here at the 3M Championship until one.
0: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands a heart rate monitor yoga blocks and more take your workout to the next level with peloton motivation that moves you hurry this limited time offer ends december 25th visit onepeloton.com to learn more all access memberships separate offer ends december 25th cannot be combined with other offers see additional terms at onepeloton.com